Casey Johnson comments on the current trade situation surrounding Zach Levine, and his words don't really paint the best picture of the chances of Zach Levine staying with the Chicago Bulls. We're going to talk about that. Plus, we're going to get into the mailbag. It is, it is Saturday, so that means this episode's mainly built around your voicemails. We're going to get to all that and more right after this. You are now tuned in to Chicago Bulls Central, your number one spot for all things Chicago Bulls, hosted by Hayes. What's going on, Bulls fans? Welcome to another episode of Chicago Bulls Central, your number one spot for everything Chicago Bulls related. I'm the host here, Hayes. But more importantly, you guys can follow the channel at Bulls Central Pod on every social media platform we happen to be on. With that being said, let's go ahead and get into this content for today. And so we got Casey Johnson on the latest Bulls Talk podcast talking about the situation surrounding Zach Levine. And his words cause a little concern, right? But he sa- he says this direct quote. This is what I'm what I want to say, though, uh, being around the team these last few days on this trip, I'm starting to get the sense that I think they need to get something done by February 8th. It just feels like this divorce needs to happen. Now, again, it takes a second team, sometimes a third team for that to happen. So I'm not saying for sure who would be traded. I'm just saying that the vibe I have on this trip now that you got to go and listen to. I encourage you to go listen to the show, listen to it in full. But it does like just the fact that he says that, you know, Zach Levine isn't necessarily being a bad teammate. But it is something that he feels checked out around the team. And so that the both in players and coaches have seemed to feel a shift in mindset from Zach Levine and that they're shifting towards a future without Zach. Now, the reason why this paints is, A, Casey Johnson is somebody who travels with the team. He's there day in and day out with the Chicago Bulls team. He's one of the people that is locked in. There are other beat writers that travel with the team, too. He's not the only one. But Definitely the fact that Casey Johnson is saying that just being around this team, it just gets the sense that something needs to be done in regards to the Zach Levine trade situation. So we'll end up seeing if that does happen, but it doesn't surprise me, right? And he goes on in this podcast to basically say that it's not that the Bulls will take any deal for Zach Levine, but it may get to the point to where they have to take the best deal for Zach Levine that's out there. And so, you know, that doesn't mean that they can't kick it towards the offseason. That doesn't mean that we won't see that. Uh, by chance, because we we possibly could. We could definitely see uh, a world in which Zach Levine is here after February 8th. But, you know, just if, if it's truly that, right, and when you kind of read the tea leaves, the fact that Zach Levine was initially slated to be out for, for one or two weeks, they recently, just uh, a day or so ago, changed that to he'll be reevaluated in two weeks, which could push that another week before his return, which would mean then that that's, that's past the trade deadline. So not to say that the Bulls are necessarily – withholding him because of a trade but it does seem like they don't want to risk the chance of him getting injured again considering this is now his second time being out and that the Bulls may just hold him out with this current injury until after the trade deadline meaning that if he is still around they'll bring him back and that's fine but they don't want to risk another injury for a player that one of the questions that team are having around Zach Levine is already his ability to stay healthy so you know everything's kind of pointing towards you know, the Bulls may be trying to get something done here by the trade deadline, regardless of what level of the deal is. And, you know, Pat, the designer, who my co-host over on Locked on Bulls, has this this theory of, of, of uh, addition through subtraction, right? And, you know, he he's really on this thing of the Bulls play better without Zach Levine. I, I, I've said, you know, kind of my reason is that, you know, they, they do spread the ball around. More people are involved. But, you know, you still want a player like Zach with his ability to shoot. Now, he hasn't brought that consistently this season. 
But if it's not the worst thing in the world if Zach Levine is on the Bulls after the trade deadline, as long as he's locked in. Now, if he goes back to being checked out, they're kind of giving up on the team in a way where it felt like at some point in time, then of course that does not help the Bulls in any stretch of the imagination. That actually makes the Bulls worse because now you're having a body out there getting shots that isn't always checked in. But it seems like the motivations for this Bulls team to get this Zach Levine trade done continues to be at the forefront of what this front office is doing. It's before the DeMar trade, before they consider trading Alex Cruz or Andre Drummond, who we got some trade rumors on Andre Drummond yesterday of teams really being interested and in on drum, which makes sense. We'll talk about that here in a second. But the Zach Levine piece, I think, is the piece that the Bulls are waiting for first because it could inform what they do the rest of the way down the line. Now, I've gone on to say in the last couple of episodes this week that this Bulls team needs to be active regardless because if even if you don't move Zach Levine, you got some assets you can move to add to this team, and it's clear we still need some additions, right? Yeah, Torrey Craig coming back, that can de- that will definitely help the Bulls a lot once Torrey Craig is back healthy and in rhythm, but this front office still got some things to, to look at. And so, you know, I, this Zach Levine thing has been a lot of drama, right? A lot of, a lot of narratives over facts, a lot of um, you know, uh, sensationalism, uh, sensationalism, uh, sensationalization. There you go. I could say it right. So, sensationalism. Why can't I say that word correctly? I'm going to stop trying to say the word. Uh, <laughs> anyway, uh, there's been a lot of that from the Chicago Bulls when it comes down to, uh, well, from the national media when it comes down to the Zach Levine trade. It's it's every other day. It's a team in or out. At some point, it seemed like it was a, a way to. It was the focus was, hey, let's try to say why there's no market for Zach Levine. All different buzzwords on the market's dry. There's no market. There's no interest and things like that. And while, you know, the contract to Zach Levine, do not get me wrong, is a big contract. We've seen bigger contracts move. And I think it's the, if you look at the Venn diagram of things going on with Zach Levine, it's a combination of the injury concerns, the questions about impact on winning, and and the contract, right? It has to be a combination of all those three things. And so if the Bulls are truly motivated to try to find that deal i mean we'll see what happens but the bulls aren't i don't i want to repeat for all those the bulls aren't in a position where they have to trade zach levine if the market is just truly trash they're not and you know a lot of people like to paint it that way and that's why i'm glad that casey johnson even in him talking about the vibe around the team make sure to point out that it doesn't mean that something's necessarily going to get done the bulls don't have to just take a deal they don't have to move zach levine he has three more years under contract, and if the market is that bad and that terrible, listen, everybody got to do their job. That doesn't mean something can't materialize, or it could go the opposite way and go the route of a John Collins, right? Where the, the Hawks, if they would have sold on John Collins two to three years earlier, would have gotten so much back than what they ended up getting back when they eventually sent him to the Utah Jazz. Now the Jazz are looking to flip him immediately now, reportedly at this trade deadline. So the front office has its things that it needs to weigh over the course of this but at, but we'll see man we'll see what happens I I, I I like I said I go back and forth thinking like what are the chances of Zach Levine I put it at like a 40 percent chance before that Zach Levine is still on this team I, I think that's that's kind of gone more to about a 45 46 percent chance in my mind but everything that we're still hearing is still saying that the Bulls are, are, are motivated to try to find a way to get this thing done and the teams that have been out on Zach Levine or the teams that aren't willing to offer some that, that may change as well as it get closer to the trade deadline. It can get worse for the Bulls. It can get better for the Bulls. But that's led a lot of Bulls fans to ask this one question, though, right? Is that, are the Bulls missing the point by not being willing to sell off these other pieces and wait? Like, you have the Bulls fans that look at Alice Crusoe and say, well, if we can get two first-round picks back for, for Crusoe, God love him. But you got to do that because you got to put your team in a better position. 
Andre Drummond. We just talked about the, the fact that there are a lot of teams that are interested in Drum, which makes sense when you look at his contract. Nothing to match that contract, but you look at that production that he brings per minute. It, listen, you, he's he's one of, if not the best back, backup bigs in the league, and we'll probably be even more solidified in that if we played him more minutes, right? Or it could get worse, but typically uh, we'll see how that goes. But, you know, when it comes down to that, right, and then the DeMar piece of it. Um, you know, a lot of Bulls fans have this mindset that you cannot let DeMar DeRozan walk for nothing. Some say you can't you can't let him walk at all. And some say, why is he still here, right? But at the end of the day, the Bulls really do have to survey this market because continuity has not worked. It hasn't. The continuity play that this Bulls team tried to make, it didn't work to a degree. Some ways it did work. Kobe White, you know, the fact that they didn't move off Kobe White when a lot of Bulls fans, regardless of y'all celebrating Kobe White now, some of y'all were on the front line of saying Kobe White should have been moved and didn't fit this team. And the fact of the matter is, is like, thank God they didn't make that move. And thank God it wasn't reacting based off the social media or the fan response of moving Kobe White for a big at that point in time. Because, listen, Kobe White is now blossomed. He is one of the shining, if not the only shining piece for the Chicago Bulls team over this time. So, you know, when you're a front office and us sitting on this side of it, we really try to make it sound easier than what it is. And that's everybody. That's me. That's every fan. That's people who left. If you leave a YouTube comment and you say, oh, it's simple. Trade such and such, such and such. Our starting lineup would be, and you listen, listen, you're making it a lot easier than what it is in reality, right? And so the, the, the way that this front office has to look at the future of this team is that you don't want to give up. The Bulls aren't in a place. They're not trying to give up first round picks. If the Bulls were willing to give a little, right, to give some protections, maybe even do some swaps, then maybe the, this deal could have got done or other deals could have gotten done by now. But the Bulls are in a place now where they realize, hey, we gave up a lot of draft capital and some of those pieces could have really helped us right now, whereas we're trying to figure out our cap and things like that. So I don't think the Bulls are in that place. And I understand the mindset behind the fans of saying, hey, uh, like, why aren't we moving Cruz? So why aren't we moving Drum? We're not winning. We're fighting for the night seed. Why aren't we doing that? I understand it. That doesn't mean I always agree. I think the the place that and the thing that I've been saying the most with this front office at this trade deadline that I want to see them do is just make it make sense. Meaning that if you want to compete, make moves to compete, meaning add to this team where you can use the assets that you have to try to add a little oomph to this team because it's clear that we need some depth. We can use a little bit more size. We can use some rim protection and shot blocking. We can use more shooting. Right. And again, it doesn't have to be one player that brings all those things, but those are things that we need on this team. So. If we end up in a place where we're not moving off some of our uh, assets and we're trying to add to what we have, they have some of those tools at their disposal to do so. The biggest question is, will ownership do it? And will this front office be aggressive enough to make it happen? I guess we'll see. I guess we'll see. But all right, y'all, that's enough of me talking. No game tonight, so we don't have no preview. But it is mailbag day. That means we got five voicemails we need to get into. This first one, this one's from Reginald. Hey, hey uh, I know you asked me to talk about something other than uh, trade, but uh, I like the idea of Brogdon trade. Not doing yourself to go with it. I detailed that too. But I would trade Lonzo Ball. That I trade back their first round pick and future second, probably was well, I think twenty twenty eight for Brogdon. But uh, I really would like the idea of a bench unit with uh, Io Brogdon, uh, Zach Levine, Andre Drummond, and Corey Craig. And I know you think that uh, Bulls won't put uh, Zach Levine on the bench, but at this point in time. Don't feel way that the Bulls can compete against a team like Boston or you know one of the team with a lot of depth and win because right now the Bulls are looking at Jamal Carter and I like gotta hope that he steps up 
we just saw the Phoenix game. That's not going to happen. We'll have one good game out of ten. And we're supposed to be happy with that. That's, that's not an option. And outside of Io and Drummond, Billy, Billy actually sees that his center is down low like he's supposed to, which he really does. Uh, it's pretty much all on Io. He can't ask him to do that every night. And some people might say, well, what about Damon? What about him? He'll go have a game where he might score seven or eight points. Then he'll have three or four games where he scores three or less. So, uh, like I said, I like the Brogdon trade. I like Zach coming off the bench um, when he comes back simply because I don't trust him to stay healthy, and I don't want to ruin the chemistry of the starter five. But uh, what's your thoughts on that? I get what you're saying with Brogdon. I, I, here's what I'll say is that with that line of the – that's guard. That's experience the thrill of March Madness. If you're still out on the hunt for a sports book to call home – Bet the nonstop action of March Madness with MyBookie. Enter the bracket contest for a chance to take home prizes up to $25,000 or pick from a huge selection of straight bets, props, and odds boosts. Whatever your style, MyBookie makes it easy to play your way and get paid. Sign up now and take advantage of our generous welcome offer to score a massive first deposit bonus up to $1,000. All you have to do is claim the code BULLCENTRAL but the fun doesn't stop there. Get up to the minute odds, free bets, and expert predictions to help you decide who to put your money on. The best part about my bookie, you can bet on anything, anytime, from anywhere. Use the promo code BULLCENTRAL to secure your limited time welcome bonus today. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill extremely guard heavy and i don't think they're going to bring if, if zach levine stays on this team i don't see them moving him to the bench now i could be wrong because i do think if, if zach's here after february 8th it becomes about highlighting zach so that way you go into the offseason you can maybe be able to trade him at the draft or any at, at any point in the offseason so uh but as far as brogdon like like i said i like brogdon as a player it's the money the his lack of ability to stay healthy and the fact that we are already super deep at the guard position yes he's better than javon carter that isn't, isn't saying a lot. You can find a bum off the street that is, that at least in the G League, that isn't probably going to hurt you as much as Javon Carter is right now. But I, I, I get it. Like we, But we also have to paint it in the frame of reality. How can you get that player? Matching that $20 million contract, that means that all the players that you listed, those all aren't going to be here. There's going to be a combination of some of those guys that are gone. You're not just absorbing Malcolm Brogdon into anything. So you're going to have to give up, match that $20 million. And that's where it starts getting a little difficult because if you give up players that are part of your rotation, for a player in Brogdon who can't stay healthy and you already have some players that bring similar things, I, I just I don't see it happening. But I get what you're – like I said, I like Brogdon as a player. It's just the method in which you would have to get him here I think is the, the, the difference there. But, all right, let's get into this next voicemail. This one's from Todd. Yeah, what's up, Hayes? It's Todd, man. Um, wanted to discuss that Phoenix game. I'm really, really excited about that game, man. I know we lost, but at this point, actually, I kind of feel like there's no more loss. It's just win or learn. And that's what we did last night. We learned from one of the greats, specifically Pat learned from one of the greats to ever touch a basketball. He got cooked by Kevin Durant. But if he doesn't take that and then put that in his in his knowledge base of, of basketball IQ after what he wasn't doing and what he was able to then do in the future when he next sees a player, well, there ain't no player like Durant. 
when he next sees Durant or somebody of that ilk, I think that's what's going to make this team better. We are not winning the championship this year. So this is why you have to play the young core. Pat, Kobe, Io, DT, even Phillips and, and Sonogo, if they can get in at any point, they have to learn by facing the great LeBron, Steph, KD, so on. They're not going to learn by sitting on the bench. So I don't really care that we lost that game, though. Yeah, we were up 20 and so forth and so on. But as long as they took away from that a lesson of what to do and what not to do, I mean, we played a fantastic game, honestly. But as long as they learn from that, and specifically Pat, which is where my focus is for the next year or so, getting him up to a level to which he's not just serviceable, but a little bit more than that. We all know he's probably going to be just a good role player. But that's great. If he's a Jeff Green in this league, I'm fine with that. If he's a Luau Dang, I'm fine with that. So this is where he becomes that. So I'm okay with them losing. Just wanted to share that, man, and get your thoughts on it. Hope all is well. Talk soon. And, yeah, and Pete Will followed up that game against the Suns by getting cooked by LeBron. And I, and I get what you're getting at as far as you, you, you learn from failing. And that is something that I've said that Billy Donovan tries to uh, uh, avoid his young players doing is learn through failing. Sometimes you have to learn through failing. Sometimes you have to learn through going through adversity, right? Now, when it comes to Patrick Williams, it's not Patrick Williams' first time. And so at some point, we got to stop thinking, oh, well, Patrick, this is, this is a learning opportunity for He's learned everything. He just needs to play hard and aggressive. Just go out there. It's mental at this point for Patrick Williams. But I do think this team, right, is learning as on the fly. And if you want to learn how to win, you have to go through this, this time. Now, I would also say Billy Donovan has to trust his young players and not just go to his safety net in DeMar in fourth quarters of games, but I do think that these are opportunities for this team to learn what it takes to play playoff-level basketball, right? That Sun Games was a playoff atmosphere-type game, right? And we've lost a lot of those. We've won some of those, but we've lost a lot of those as well, and that's what this team needs to learn to and, and get from so they can get to that next level. Great voicemail there from Todd, though. Let's get into this next one. This one's from Mello. Yo, what up, Paige? This is Mello. Second, just want to get your opinion on something. Seeing Adrian Griffin game five and stuff, I'm not saying that the Bulls should try and go get Adrian Griffin. What I'm thinking is, since they gave Billy the secret extension and we don't know how long this dude is actually going to be the coach, this roster does not fit the type of style that he wants to have. Like, as far as, I mean, they're playing a lot better now. They're competing, but they don't have no shooters. And his system is based around God. Even in Oklahoma City, I mean, after the whole KD and you know, KD and, and Russ situation, and you had Chris Paul and Shai Gilchrist and all that. So it's like, why don't they try to make some trades for players that actually fit the system that Billy's running? Because obviously they believe in him more than they do the players because they gave him an extension. And right now they don't even know if they're going to give him the Mog extension or can reach one with him. So at this point, why don't they trade Zach and DeMar and just build around Kobe because it's obvious that he needs a point guard to run his system and Kobe is that guard. And then after that, they can put in pieces. Like I said before when I called, I personally thought, and I think you would agree with it, that the best deal for Zach would be the Sacramento deal. I don't think they we should get a pick. I would like to send Zach and Javon for Luda. No, I'm sorry, not Luda. Herter, Kevin Herter, um, Barnes, and the point guard kid. I may have on the bench. I guess his name is Dave Young. I'm the kid out of Baylor. And I'm not sure what they can get for DeMar, but if they're going to move him, just get whatever Billy wants. Because obviously him and AK are not on the same page as far as what they think the team should do. But they 
on the extended Billy. So, like I said, if they already extended Billy and this is what we're running with, then he should be included in whatever the team is going to do as far as what type of players that he would need for the team to be successful. You know, just some thoughts on that. Let me know what you think. Trading DeMar and Levine. Um, here's what I'll say. Billy Donovan's system isn't built off shooting per se. He builds his system based off the stars that he has on the team. And he relies them heavily. Billy Donovan's biggest issue isn't necessarily having, as a coach, isn't that he needs this a specific type roster per se. It's that, it's that he doesn't adjust. No matter what you give him, unless you have super high basketball IQ players, that one that's basically a co- coach on the floor, the adjustments are what really hurts Billy Donovan the most. So I won't say that Billy's system is built off shooting. It is built off high-level point guard play. If you have a high-level point guard, it makes Billy's system hum and operate that much more smoothly. That's why Kobe's ascension has kind of coincided with this team looking better overall as well as spreading the ball out around around a lot more. And, and here's the thing. I think that Zach Levine could definitely fit Billy's system. It's that is, is Zach Levine willing to make the sacrifices in his game and do it? And DeMar has adapted as much as he can. But like I said in the earlier segment, the Bulls aren't in a place where they are they could just trade just to trade. You have to be getting the right deal back. And as I said before, with DeMar, there may be value, more value in letting him walk for nothing than trying to force a trade and then maybe attaching yourself to long-term salary in that case, uh, unless you're getting a first-round pickback, and I just don't think DeMar's getting that level of pickback. Don't think he is. But all right, let's get into this next one. This one's from Hopeful Elect, I believe is what he said his name was. Hey, yo, hey, this Hopeful Elect, man. I don't call in that much, but I got a serious question. Do you think that Zach Levine is becoming uh, extinct? His position is becoming extinct, and they starting to treat him like Parmelo. Do you think in a few more years you can see Zach Levine playing in China somewhere, or he still hold a lot of value in his league because his position don't. You got players like uh, Harden and uh, these other two guards that that's uh, high caliber guards, and they do way more than Levine. Levine, all he could do is shoot, right? And that's falling off actually. And although I, I felt like Carmelo still, he still had a lot of game left in him, just like Zach. But with his trade market being so low, it's like don't nobody want him in. Like they don't want him around the league. Tell me what you think. All right, to say that Zach Levine is extinct is crazy. I just want to say that, like this position is extinct. No, it's not. It's not extinct at all. Now I do think that the fact that Zach Levine isn't just a shooter; he's a three-level scorer that can do that can score at all three levels. And he's and and get to the free throw line and, and hit the free throw consistently. So I think that trying to call Zach Levine just a shooter is missing a lot. But I do think that you're seeing it's the combination, like I said, of the contract and his limitations. Because of course, the the bas- the basketball, the game of basketball is always going to appreciate two way players better. And so Zach Levine not necessarily not having the reputation of being a good defender consistently. Shout out to the defense he played upon his return from injury. But not doing that consistently is is definitely something that hurts. But to compare him to Melo, I think it was I think it's a little bit different of a scenario with Melo. I don't think that it's there. And like I said, we Zach Levine is his type of player that's a three level scorer is always going to be valued in the NBA. But that contract definitely affects that. So if Zach Levine, for example, is getting paid fifteen, sixteen million dollars over forty, teams will become knocking for him. The Bulls will probably have three times the offers that they have for him right now, right? So it, it's that part of it as well. So I don't think that you can it, compare to, to LaMelo now. I don't think we're going to see Zach Levine playing in China at the end of this. I don't think he's going to get to that, in my opinion. But I know some Bulls fans do share that opinion of, that you have there. But let's get into this last voicemail. This one's from Shea. What's up, hey? This is Shea. You know, with this Detroit Pistons trade taking a long time and this going up and down, back and forth, I'm seriously convinced that this might be a 
three-team deal if we decide to make a deal with the Detroit Pistons on Zach Levine. I could see this being a three-team deal because there's no way that Detroit Pistons are just going to take Zach Levine, and especially with them not wanting to give up Jay Nivey. I think that it's going to be another team now. One thing, a three-team deal now. Now, one team now, I would. If I would look to get into this deal, I would. I mean, I could see the New Orleans Pelicans getting into this deal soon. Since the fact that they're looking to unload Herb Jones, I could definitely see that happening. So, yeah, that's all I want to say. This is going to be a three-team deal with the Zach Levine trade. If it is the Zach Levine trade. Anyway, tell me what you think. Peace. I do think that it's probably the Zach Levine trade is probably going to end in a three-team trade. I, I definitely do think that. Even when you look at the Pistons trade, they'd have to throw in Joe Harris. The Bulls may look to reroute that somewhere else in the three-team deal, maybe get a second or a couple of seconds back for a team that can absorb that, something like that. There's a lot of options that I think the Bulls are at the Bulls' disposal at that as well. So that's something to look out for. But I, I don't think you're off basis of saying that it's probably going to end in a three-team trade. I don't know if the Pistons are necessarily going to be that trade, uh, one of the teams in there. But I do think the Zach Levine thing could very well end in a three-team trade. And don't overlook the possibility either that there will, there are teams that could absorb a lot of Zach Levine's contract into salary space in the offseason, which may be where this ends up all going, is that there are teams that are going to have cap space this year, and rather than give up an asset because they've let some of those contracts die off, they could potentially absorb a lot of Zach Levine's contract into cap space while still having to send out a player but not have to match that salary exactly. So that's a, that's an, a, a tool at some team's disposal as well. That may be why we're seeing this nonsense be what it is for the Bulls and Zach Levine. But great voicemail there, Shay. That's my time for today, guys. Make sure you guys are following the show at Bulls Central Pod. You can send us any feedback, questions, comments, concerns. BullsCentralPod at gmail.com. Lastly, if you want to leave a text message and our voicemail, the number to do so, 773-270-2799. We are the number one spot for everything Chicago Bulls related. And uh, thanks to you guys. And like I liked in every episode on, go Bulls. Love you guys. See you right if you can, y'all. Peace. This has been a presentation of the Break Break Media. Media.